Nicole Fowles. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we're so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you. And thank you for joining us. Friday, December 24th, 5 p.m. at our PAL campus, we'll be having a candlelit Christmas Eve service. Press Youth will be meeting next Sunday, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at our PAL campus for a white elephant gift exchange. Please bring a wrapped gift that costs $10 or less. This will be the last youth group of the year, and you don't want to miss it. If you'd like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there's a box by the back exit of the Worship Center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you would prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 8432. One. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Welcome to the Well, good morning. How are we doing today? It's good to see all of you. My name is Sean Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Press Church. And for those of you joining us online, thank you so much. And for those of you here, thank you for being here. If you are new, we are so glad to have you. And we are excited for this morning. Uh, before I get too deep, I want to say thank you to all those who came out and helped with the blanket making event this last week. Uh, it was fun to get together, make some blankets, and uh, we'll be should be putting out a little uh, highlight video of that this week that you guys can go check out on uh, social media. But uh, it was really fun. It was great to do that and uh, just get together. It's, it's fun to, to meet some people that are new and things like that. So in the future, when we do stuff like that, you're, you're just missing out if you're not there. So just, just so you know. Uh, I do want to make sure to invite you to Christmas Eve. That is December 24th, if you did not know. We are going to be here at 5 p.m. So we'd love for you guys to come out. We got some fun things plan for that night should be good. I have to admit, I'm, um, I'm not the best with Christmas time stuff. And some of you are like, well, of course, like, are we going to do Christmas music? We are in December. Like, you can blame me. There's, there's, some, there's some people here that, that, that know my struggles of certain Christmas songs, and um, I, I, I will do better. I promise you, next year will be even more Christmassy. Um, that that I, 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 I promise. I promise. Um, it's an exciting, it's exciting time. I think having kids... It, it makes it more exciting. Uh, if you're if you're a parent, seeing your kids get excited around this time, it brings it brings joy, and it makes the season um, that much better. Seeing your kids get excited, and so they're they're wearing off on me. I'm I'm getting my, my heart is growing. Right? If you guys you guys get that reference, um, okay, maybe not. All right, uh, tough crowd today. Well. We're going to continue in the message here. If, if you're new, almost every week, uh, the pastors here, myself, Pastor Sierra, Pastor Jason, we get together, and we hop in the car, and we talk about uh, the message for the day. So let's uh, check out this video. 
to Christmas. Huh? We're, we're celebrating the birth of Santa Claus. Of, <laughs> oh wait, no, <laughs> yeah, that's <not> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're celebrating the birth of a guy who we're not sure if he's savior or not. Apparently. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you look I mean, at our I'm, lives, I'm taking a sp- it kind of yeah. says that. That's, I know, what, I know yeah. you're being facetious, I, but right. if you look at our lives, that's what it says. Right. Now that that is what 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 our lives say is different than what our Christmas cards say, and that's why that's why I get scroogey about Christmas <laughs> because I feel like everything, all the celebration stuff, you know, and I'm talking culturally, yeah. is a superficial gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so it just it's sickening at times. <laughs> you know, it's like blah. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like okay, well, what are you grateful for? Well, you know, I'm grateful for. We end up being grateful for just um, stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, it's it's a superficial it, we, great. I was just about to say, yeah, our, our gratefulness is your yeah, because it's, very it's superficial. Uh, it's right. mostly about material things. Right, right. That's a big yeah. part of the reason why it's uh, it, 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 Christmas as a, a holiday or a Christian holiday is so easily indicted because mm-hmm. it so centers on material right, right things. Yeah. yeah, material things also get in the way of our relationship with God. Right. So yeah. it, it's not exactly <laughs> as if you could necessarily yeah. call all material things a blessing. Right. Right. You know, and yeah. and that's when we hyper focus on material things yeah, as yeah. being, you know, a real gift. Right. Yeah. When the reality is, is that God has taken care of us in the yeah. way that He's taking care of us, right. and recognizing that, and being grateful, and then out of our heart pours that gratitude. Right. So. It's obvious that our heart's not in the right place if we hold on to material things. Yeah. I think true gratitude can be measured when you're grateful for pain. Mm. For the not so nice things. Yeah. yeah. yeah I can yeah. be grateful for the you know, pleasantries and the, you know, stuff that, that helps me in a very tangible, physical, right away yeah. way. Or it's comfortable. It's comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think real gra- the gratitude that offsets the pride that you talked about last week is the gratitude that can say, I'm grateful for the pain. Mm. I'm grateful for the struggle. I'm grateful for, you know, even the difficulties. And I can see those as a gift as much as I can see yeah. there's the good things. Yeah, there's actually a worship song about that. <laughs> it talks about that. It's like, I'm thankful for the scars. Uh, without those, I wouldn't be able to see this quality of you. Or without yeah. that, I wouldn't be able to be here. Or, right. Um, and that's a really hard message for people who have gone through really yeah, yeah, tough got, things yeah. in really? their life. Yeah, like, you know? How dare you? How right. dare you talk about? Yeah. yeah, and so it's understandable that there would be pushback on that. Absolutely, like terrible things happen to people. Yeah, and we can't forget that, and we can't, you know, uh, paint over it like it's not there. Right. Well, uh, and I think you know we've talked about God redeeming things. I don't think God's redemption of it is dismissing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I don't. No, it's taking it and acknowledging horrible it was right mm-hmm. and saying now i want to move this towards healing in a way that you probably can't envision yet well, something yeah. really but, tragic happens yeah. to you yeah. you know what it, you're not gonna get over it easily maybe you won't get over it in this lifetime who knows but you're not gonna easily get over it and th- there's this false concept in christianity that you're just supposed to quickly just get over it and move on mm-hmm. and and go well god god will work in that like yeah. <laughs> well yeah but yeah, there's still yeah. there's still a repercussion. Right. Yeah, that's the tough part of the of a message about gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, it could feel dismissive, yeah. <laughs> and it can feel very yeah. just simplistic. Yeah, just like oh, well, just but simplistic gratitude is not real gratitude. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and you can have somebody who maybe hasn't had as much trauma in their life or has much damage in their life, and it's very easy to just be like, oh, it's so easy. Just be thankful. Right. Be, you know, what? It's like Christmas can be a really hard time yeah. if you've had trauma in your family, if yep. you've had things that, right. you know, have really impacted you, and, and a lot of people have. Right. And that's why right. It, it, right. It, it's, you know, remarkable to me that some people want to pretend like none of that exists like oh well, you should just be happy it's christmas and right. everybody's buying gifts and spending money and blah 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 like seriously right. <laughs> this is a reminder that life is hard right. but we have a god who loves us yeah. so much that he injected himself right. into our existence yes. yes yeah yeah one of the one of the families we visited last night we were taking uh distributing food uh we walked up and we had somebody donated a bunch of coats or something to the mm-hmm. to the pile that we could you know offer if, if needed. And we asked this one lady, you know, she had three grandkids living with her that mm-hmm. she was caring for. We said, you know, do you need any any coats? And she went, oh, we need coats and gloves mm-hmm. and scarves. Like they're gonna freeze if we don't have that because hmm. they have to walk to school. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like to hear that. And then to think, well, my Christmas wasn't very good this year. Right. Whereas I, you know, right. yeah. that's that's when you start learning gratitude. It's when yeah. you start serving others. That's really good. Uh, so before I move in too deep, I do want to recap a little bit of where we've been in this series. If you're visiting for the first time, you may haven't, maybe you haven't uh, listened to some of the, the things that have led up to this. Uh, but the first week, we talked about creation. We talked about how we were created. We were created with, with purpose. With, with meaning, with a job, with, with identity. And then because of the fall, uh, we, are, we are now living in the space that we are now. And that's where this series Misfit Toys comes from. We, we have a purpose. We have meaning. But there's also there's, there's a part of us that there's still that, that longing. Something's still not quite, quite right. And so we, we started that in week one. Second week we were in Ecclesiastes, of all places, right? Everything is meaningless, and so we talked about how in this life, you know, there, there's, there's tough things we have to work through. There's things that don't make sense. Like good things happening to bad people, bad things happening to good people. How do we reconcile living in this life, you know, this, this now and not yet? You know, we're, we, we have the Holy Spirit. We have promises. You know, God has sent his son. But, but we still have uh, a lot of tensions in our life to work through. You know, we're, week three, we talked about vulnerability. It's, it's vulnerable now. You know, we could be very self-protective. How do we, how do we work with people? How do we have friendships? Uh, again, you're a misfit. I'm a misfit. So we have the potential to hurt people. We have the potential to be hurt. And then, you know, last week we talked about pride, how pride gets in the way. That we can, we can look at ourselves better. Well, my issues aren't as, as bad as your issues. And again, it, it, it messes with not only our relationship with people, it messes with how we view God. And when we don't view God properly, we won't view ourselves properly. We have identity issues because of that. And so this week, how do we, how do we get through this? How do we, how, what's the next step? And we already said it in the video. It's gratitude. Gratitude. Uh, my first point is this. Gratitude is not natural. And all the parents said amen to that, right? If you have kids, you know gratitude is not natural. It's, it, it, it just isn't. Even as adults, mature, whatever age you are, it's, it's not natural to you. We'd much rather either complain or talk about the negative or, or look at the bad than, than actually think about the good. I've said this before in our life group. We, we usually start off, hey, what are you thankful for? And it's always, oh, man, what am I thankful for? We, 
it's harder to think that way. You're like, well, if I say I'm thankful for my family, it sounds really cliche. And you know what I mean? Well, you can have to say something really cool to be thankful for. But then when it's time to say, hey, what's stressing you out? What's, what's, what's wrong? What can we be praying for? Oh, well, this and this and this and this. And this. It, it, it just comes. To be, to be grateful is not, is not natural. It's, it's, it's hard. It takes practice. I think most of us, we've heard the, the was it attitude, gratitude. I'm sure you've heard that before. So uh, I don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown. She takes it a step further. We've actually mentioned Brene Brown before. She, if you're unfamiliar, she's a, a research professor at uh, Houston, University of Houston. And she specializes in, in, in studying courage, vulnerability, shame, empathy. But she does take it a step further. She said it's, it's not about as much about having an attitude of gratitude, but having a, a practice of gratitude. Practicing gratitude. Uh, I found a, a kind of a Q&A with her, and, and there was something that, that she talked about in applying gratitude to, to her life that I thought was very, uh, I don't know, just, uh, I found it, I can't even think of the word. It was really easy to apply it and say, yep, that's, that happens. And so I, I just want to read that for you uh, about what she said. She says this. She says, joy is the most vulnerable of all human emotions. And that's saying something, given that I also study shame and fear. It's almost terrifying to allow yourself to lean into the feeling of joy because we're afraid we'll be sucker punched by pain or disappointment. So what many of us do, myself included, is try to outsmart vulnerability so we don't get sucker punched by pain. If I'm standing over my kids while they're sleeping, I go from deep joy to sheer terror in five seconds and start getting visions of something terrible happening. When I watched my daughter get into the car with her prom date, I couldn't push the image of a car crash out of my mind. I know it sounds crazy, but I've studied this for over a decade, and if it's crazy, there are a whole bunch of us who are. About 90% of us and 95% of parents experience some degree of foreboding joy. It basically means we are prepping for the worst even when things are at their best. Of course, no amount of planning can stop pain. We can, however, squander the very joy we need to bring into our lives so that when hard things happen, we don't have a reservoir of strength to tap into. Men and women who have the capacity to lean into joy share one variable in common. They practice gratitude. Vulnerability is real, and we have a psychological response to it, a quiver. Some of us use that quiver as a warning sign to start dress rehearsing tragedy, tragedy, while others use it as a reminder to practice gratitude. Now, in those deeply joyful moments when I feel the quiver, I literally say, I'm so grateful for, and sometimes I say it over and over. It's changed my life. Who's had that? Who's had that foreboding joy? You know, something's good, and, you're, and, and, and you, can't, you can't accept the good. You, you start thinking, oh, how is this going to go wrong? How is this going to go bad? And I love how she says, when she starts feeling that vulnerability, she doesn't go into the fear. She goes into saying something she's grateful for. So really, I mean, I ask myself this question. Is my gratitude tangible? Is your, is your gratitude tangible? Is it observable? We, we may have thankful hearts, but does it translate into something? 
Does it translate into us doing something? We've all heard the friends say, well, you know my heart. Everybody's had, you know, well, you know my heart. They do something ridiculous. You know my heart. Yeah, I'd rather not guess, right? It'd be a lot easier if you, if you did something that actually expressed your heart instead of just, you know, me guessing. How can I know your heart if you're not acting on it? How can I know what you're actually thinking and feeling and what you're grateful for if you're not actually doing something about it, if you're not practicing it? Some of you guys know I love cars. I'm a big car guy. I, I've got the attitude of a racer, right? I've got the attitude of a, of a driver. But you, you know how many driving lessons I've taken? None. You, you, you want to know how many times I've driven on a track? Zero. I can, I can tell you, like, the, the physics of drifting a car around a turn. I, I, I can't do it. I would try. And don't get me wrong. I, I would do my best. But I, I guarantee you, even though I know the physics and the science behind how to drift a car, I'm probably not going to be able to drift a car correctly. We can have the attitude all day long. We can talk about it all day long. We can have the knowledge all day long until we actually put it into practice. There's something in the execution. There's something in the doing. That's a big reason why this church is called Press Church. I was mulling through, and what do we call this church? I was talking with CR, and we were on the phone. And I specifically remember the day. I remember where I was. I was like, what about Press and for me, anytime I say something at first, I like it, and then I hate it. So I said, I'm like, what about press? I'm like, I kind of like it. And then, like, he's thinking through it, and I'm like, no, I don't like it. He's like, no, wait. He's like, I actually kind of like that. And we started working through that. I wanted us to, to be motivated to do something. I, I didn't want to just be like, hey, let's come to a Sunday morning gathering and, and hear some words and then go off on our day. I, I want us to, to do something about it. And so with press, I want to press in, you know, Press out, whatever. Use it however you, you want it. But it's, it, it signifies something of, of doing. It signifies a doing. Taking what we're learning and doing something with it. Press in. So if you have your Bibles with you today, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy. Or if you have your, your Bible app, whatever it is, you can turn to that. We're going to be Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now, this is, this is Moses speaking to, to the Israelites. And I, I think there's some, some things that we can learn, and even in gratitude from this. So it's Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 10 through 14. It says this, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I am giving you on this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow and your silver and gold increases and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He's, he's leading with gratitude. He's leading the people with a recognition of what is going on and how God is, is providing for them. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise God. Praise him for this. Praise isn't, a, isn't, a, isn't like a just sit back. Pray, there, there's something, you know, praise is doing. Praise is lifting, raising your voice, proclaiming, speaking out. We're really quick to, to praise God when we've reached where we want to go, right? 
when we got that promotion, got the good grade, got the, you know, whatever it is you're looking forward to. It's, it's easy, but, but it's easy. Or we're also quick to blame God when, when things aren't going well. When, when the tides turn and things start going bad, now all of a sudden, well, God, where are you? What are you doing? Where are you? What, what, what's going on? I, the, the Israelites are a wonderful example of this. We see this all through the Old Testament. Oh, when, when it's good, it's good. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God. You, you did this. Oh, you rescued us from this person. Ah, oh, we're going to forget you. And then they, they, they fall away. Oh, and then, and then God delivers them. Oh, okay, God. Oh, we love you. Thank you. This is, this is great. We love it. And then some, some hard times, they disobey. So hard times come. Oh. And it's so easy. I think, I, I think it's really, you know, apropos. To say, then your heart will become proud. You see that in verse 14. It's easy when, when we get to the places that we want to go, how easy it is to start taking the credit. To start saying, oh, well, man, I, I, worked, I worked really hard. I toiled. And now all of a sudden, God's out of the picture. It, you're, you're not grateful. You're proud. So I think in all of this, uh, and this is my second point today, is that gratitude refocuses what matters. When, when we, when we actually have to practice gratitude, it means what do we have to do? We have to, we have to think. That's what I said. It's not natural. So in practicing gratitude, you actually have to do something that's not natural. And so you, you have to use a little more of your, your brain, right, and your heart. And in doing that, you start, you start realizing what is important. You start realizing and getting out even of your own head and some of the own problems that are going on in your life. You say, okay, th- 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 there is something there. Even though this isn't, you know, how I want it, I, I, can, I, can still, I can still be grateful for this. And I think one of the main reasons that we, we don't express gratitude or don't show gratitude is because we are consumed by what we don't have. It's, it's hard to be thankful when you're not getting the thing you want. And so what we tend to do is we think about what we don't have. Last series, I, I used, I used a, a point that we are addicted to what we don't have. We always want what we don't have. What we have, okay, I have it now, cool, that was good. But now I want something else. And it's hard to, to live a, a grateful life when we're only looking at the things that we do not have. Again, this is why we need to practice we're going to stay in a state of frustration all the time if we continue to look at what we do not have. I'm going to be honest. Not all of us were meant to, to be, you know, big CEOs. Not all of us were meant to be the president. Not all of us were meant to be running a company or, or the, the important person. Some of us were meant to have lowly positions. If, if, we're, if we're only looking at what we don't have, we're going to be frustrated with that. Living a Christian life doesn't guarantee that you're just going to make mountains of money and live a comfortable life. And, and so if, if these are the places that we're finding our gratitude or our thankfulness in, then uh, we're going to be frustrated. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. And you're going to continue to live in that. Well, I want to be... I should be running that company. I should be that. I should be in that position. I should. I should do this. Maybe, maybe not. But where are you right now? What's happening today, right now, 
that you can point to and, and be thankful for. Not what I don't have, but what I do have. All right, so what I'm saying is lower expectations, right? That's what, that's, all right, so just lower my expectations. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. I, I think it's great. Set, set, uh, set goals. Work hard. Strive. Put, a, put, put all your effort into it. But know this. The outcome of that work should not drive your gratitude. You may fail. You may succeed. If I, if I lived out of my failures, I would not be standing here today. I wouldn't get in front of people. It'd be too difficult. If, if I judge my worth this week on how good I talk, or any week on how good I talk, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be living a depressed life. Because as much as you guys are critics of me, I'm a critic of me. I watch, I, I, I watch my own sermons. And I, I cringe, right? It's like, who, who likes hearing themselves on recording? Who's heard themselves on recording, right? It's so funny. The people who do the, the announcement videos, they see them on site. And you can see them. They, like, as soon as the announcement videos come on, they, like, they, they like cr yeah, come up here for 35 minutes and talk about the Bible and then watch it back with no music behind you and a bunch of people staring at you like they don't know what you're saying. You're going to feel really good about yourself. Our gratitude should not be driven by our production. Our gratitude should not be driven by any of these things. But yet, so much of it is driven by these things. So what is our gratitude like when we don't have plenty? What does our gratitude look like when we are struggling? I can't see how this is going to work out. I can't see how there's any good in this. Why would I be grateful? but we do have something we can be grateful for. We have to find it. This, this, is, uh, this is even tough for me to say because it's, it's, I have to apply it to my own life, but I wrote this. I said, your gratitude is a litmus test for your spiritual maturity. I had, I had that written down, and I was thinking about not even doing that because I'm like, man, that's indicting for myself. But when you think about it, you want a litmus test for your spiritual maturity? Look at how grateful you are. Because again, we, we can, when things are going good, oh, of course, God is good. Amen. Yes. But when life's hitting you straight upside the head and nothing's working, and things are failing, and it seems like no one's there, and you're lonely, and you're depressed, and you're anxious, that's when... That's when you really see where your trust is. That's when you really see where your hope is. And, again, I don't say this like me trying to bash this over your head. That's why I said I, I like, didn't want to say it because that's, that's, that's hard. That's, that's not easy. But I think this is where our trust and, and, and our faith in God, this is where our faith matures. It's in the trial. It's in the hard times. It's when things don't seem to make sense. I'm going to read in Philippians uh, chapter 1. This is uh, Paul uh, writing to the church in Philippi. He says this. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel 
As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of, my, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. So the latter does so out of loving, out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. That, that would be infuriating to be in chains, to be imprisoned, and to know that people are doing something in spite of you or saying, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, they're going to get it. Those selfish, I'm going to think about it. You're in prison. You got all the time in the world to think, right? Because of this, I rejoice. So we, we hear people say being thankful for all things. We even said in the video, Jason talked about it a little bit. How can we be thankful for the pain, right? And I, I think there's a twist on that. I'm not, I'm not going to say, Jason, that you're wrong, but I think there's a twist on that. I don't know if I'd say it's, it's for, but because of. So because of that pain, it is leading to something. Because of what is happening to Paul, there is something happening. And so it's this. I'm not grateful for the pain. I'm grateful for what the pain produces. Now, this one can be extremely difficult to navigate because there's some of you in here today that um, may be in a, in a really, really hard time of life or maybe dealing with some very heavy and real things. And to say, to say something like this feels like a slap in the face or feels um, dismissive. Um, and I, and I, I want to at least acknowledge that. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean it in a dismissive way. But there is, there's something about this. There's something about the response that Paul had in trial. There's something about our potential responses in trial that can produce something, that can lead to something. And so I don't have to be thankful for the fact that this feels terrible. But I can, I can start to look to God and say, Lord, it is only by your Holy Spirit that I'm going to get through this. And if there's something I need to learn in this, I, I want to learn it. There's, if there's nothing I need to learn of it, then, then all I'm going to do is rest in you even more. Maybe that's all it was meant for, is for you to say, I can't do it in my power. I'm going to lean on Christ. And there may be times in our life that, that we, you know, we get, the, oh, well, you're going to find the reason why that happened. You know, God's going to show you that reason. You know, we may pass away and never know the reason of a difficult thing in our life. It may happen. You may get to the end of your days and say, I still don't understand what, why that had to happen. I still don't know what I was supposed to learn. And, and, and maybe you don't. Sometimes we may, never, we may never fully comprehend what God is doing. But this is why I said the litmus test of faith. Faith is, 
faith goes beyond what we see. Faith goes, goes beyond. And so it's, it's one thing to be grateful for the promotion and health and the good. It's a whole other thing when times are tough to think about gratitude. So what is our gratitude like in tough times? This is a tough thing. They're going to come. If we, don't, if, if we can't be grateful in bad times, ask any adult that's, I don't know, if, if, you, if there's someone who has some gray hair in this, in this room, you talk to them. And I guarantee you they've went through some stuff. It's going to come. I'm, I'm not terribly old. I've had stuff in my life. By the way, it was funny. Some, I, had, I think the first birthday I had after Press Church launched, they made a joke that I just turned 21, and I, I literally had one of you come to me and say, are you actually 21? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm flattered. Um, no. Now everybody wants to know how old I am. Not going to say. It's when bad things come that we do, we do there's an opportunity there. I actually had, uh, so a couple weeks ago, uh, my car wouldn't start. Um, and that's always great, right? You know, you're getting up, ready to, ready to head to work, car won't start. You're like, jeez. Oh, so I'm messing, I end up taking my wife's car and you know, have to work through that because she's got to get places and whatever. So I come home and, again, I'm a car guy, right? So I like messing around. I start messing around, start switching out all sorts of things and messing, and it's not working. I'm calling my car guy. I'm like, well, I've tried this and this, and I figure it is the starter. So I'm like, all right, it's the starter. I, I look, you know, YouTube, right? Every, everybody's a mechanic. I'm like, YouTube. I'm like, we can fix this. But here's the thing. If, if I would have just been frustrated about, about that starter going bad, I would have I missed the opportunity that I had. What, I actually ended up calling up a, a buddy of mine from church, Silas, bass player. He's a car guy. And so I was like, hey, Want to help me replace the starter? And so because of this really unfortunate event, not only did I get to learn how to replace a starter in my car, but I got to spend time with somebody at church. And I still owe him a dinner, which I texted you about. I still owe you dinner. Um, but it's like you, I, I realize like having something going out in your car is, is not like the worst thing in the world. I'm not, I'm not comparing like a starter going out to like real deep trauma in your life, but there's a principle there. How are we using the difficult things in our life? How are we looking to see how God is going to use it in our life? And, and then watch to see the growth that comes from it, because that you can be grateful for. I can, some of the most hard times in my life have led to me growing the most, and that's usually what happens. Most of us can say that, yep, that, that, that really tough trial made me stronger. But I do believe this, it's only through the Holy Spirit because life is way too hard. Things gonna get way too hard to do it on your, in your own power and you're going to need God. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Relationships don't make sense otherwise. All this stuff doesn't make sense otherwise and it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned in that video, I mentioned a song and I actually wanna read those lyrics because I think they're really good. I mentioned a song that speaks of, of tough times and how God used that. The song is called Great Things, and, and these are the verses. I just want you to listen through this. It says, thank you for the wilderness where I learned to thirst for your presence. If I had never known that place, how could I have known that you are better? Thank you for the lonely times when I learned to live in the silence. As the other voices fade, I can hear you calling me, Jesus. 
Thank you for the scars I bear. They declare that you are my healer. How could I have seen your strength if you never showed me my weakness? And they say, and it's worth it all just to know you more. That's, that's when our, our faith is growing. When we can look at the tough, when we can look at the hard, the unfortunate, the painful, and we can trust in God. A lot of us need to take a break from worrying about the things we can't control. A lot of us need to take a break. Stop. Smell the roses, right? We're in a season of a lot of, of busyness, and it's easy. It's easy to get distracted. But in this season, are you grateful? Has this, has this December brought out more joy and gratitude or more frustration and anxiety? Is Jesus really your reason for the season? Have you taken time to think through what his birth actually means for you? And then can you express your gratitude? What does that look like? What does it look like to express your gratitude? As we come to uh, the end of the year, uh, if Press Church has been a blessing to you, I would ask that you would actually consider to, to give an extra financial gift this year. This is, this is hard for me to ask. I'm not one to ask, especially when it comes to money. But if, if Press Church has blessed you, I, I would, I'd like to offer that as an invitation to express your gratitude um, to do that. Uh, we, we don't do anything here without your support. We don't do any, anything without you. Uh, and I'm really excited. We're working on some fun things for next year. Um, and it's cool to see how God is moving and doors that are opening. Uh, and I'm excited to see how each of you guys are growing. It, it, that's one thing that keeps me going. If you ask any pastor or any church leader, like leading is, is hard. Church stuff is hard. And it's it's encouraging. What keeps me going is, is seeing lives change, is seeing people growing, seeing people asking questions they didn't used to ask about God, seeing them volunteering when they never volunteered before, seeing them reading the Bible for the first time. That's what keeps me going. And if you're one of those people that have been blessed by this church, I would, I would like to, to offer that invitation to do that. So how do we show our gratitude this season? How do we show our friends, our family? Gratitude is contagious. And I believe in a time where there's so much division, fear, anger, and sadness, that we can change the narrative and truly live out of a place of gratitude. Not just because of what we have, because of what we believe and who we believe in. That is what this season is about a coming king, a promised Messiah. And for that, I can be grateful. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this season and what it means for us. God, I pray that uh, we, would, we would live out of our thankfulness. That we would be able to, to look at our lives and look at ways that you are moving and be able to find that glimpse. Maybe we're, maybe we're just thankful that today's not as hard as the last day. 
that my depression is as bad today as it was yesterday. I'm grateful for that friend that texted me. I'm grateful that I'm able to, to eat. I'm grateful for heat. Whatever it is, God, I, we have things to be grateful for. I pray that we would live out of that, that we would be practicing gratitude, that we'd be able to encourage those around us because of our gratitude. God, we truly love you. We thank you for, for sending your son. And again, we thank you for this season and what it means for us. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us as we continue in worship.